uh, I can see less of surgeons' muscles being used in surgery and more of their brains. Our guests today are two engineers on a mission to support and empower heart surgeons and make recovery a lot easier for patients. Dr. Amir Hushyar is the director of the Surgical Robotics Center at McGill alongside PhD student Amir Sayadi. They've developed a mixed reality platform called HoloRay, which allows surgeons to create a 3D model of a patient's heart so they can better navigate complex surgeries and make them less invasive, reducing recovery time and hospitalizations. Hi, everyone. This is Annie DeMalt, and you are listening to the Code Life Interviews, a podcast about innovation in healthcare and how it can improve lives, which is brought to you by the Montreal General Hospital Foundation. Thank you both for being here. Glad to be here. So I want to start with you, uh, Dr. Hushyar. How much of a departure is this from what we currently know, the, the, the cardiac surgeries that are being performed right now, especially open heart surgeries? Sure, yeah. Uh, this is a great question. So right now, majority of uh, cardiovascular surgeries are uh, done through open heart approach. So they cut open the chest and there is blood, uh, uh, th- there is bleeding, and um, surgeons try to cognitively identify different structural points in the heart and do the repair or replacement of those parts. But the new technologies, which is under minimally invasive approach, doesn't need cut opening the chest. And we can go inside through the vessels and through very small incisions. And uh, But the technology for instruments that allows us to do the repair and replacement is being developed right now. Uh, this is done, this minimally invasive approach is done under live fluoroscopy, which is continuous x-ray, and it exposes patients and surgeons and aides in the operation room to a lot of x-ray dosage. So what we are proposing now and we are developing technology for is that instead of using 2D blurry, noisy x-rays, black and white, we are, we can project 3D hearts and 3D anatomical models on the patient's body while they, the skin is not open. There is no open incision. So do you remember uh, the Pokemon Go uh, yes. game? Yes, <laughs> sadly. And there was a fever about that. Yeah. And there were uh, so, uh, so many adverse events. But Pokemon Go was uh, the first instance of augmented reality in action in gaming industry as far as I remember. So there were these objects, these characters that you could, and and, uh, different rewards you could uh, collect uh, in the different streets and uh, places. So those objects were actually interacting with uh, real physical world. So the software was projecting those as holograms onto real physical world. Now let's translate that into a surgical scene, into operation room. So we have the object, uh, heart, patient's heart, or vessels, and we have a pretty good plan drawn on it preoperatively. And during the surgery, we are projecting that onto the patient's body so the surgeon actually can see what uh, they're doing while they're not uh, opening the patient's uh, chest. What do, you, what do you envision for what surgery will look like, given what you've just said, a mix of augmented reality and, right. and artificial intelligence, what, what, what will it look like? Going forward, we are at, a, at an era that we have plenty of data. And by the second, we are acquiring tons of data from different 
from medical devices, from um, uh, different uh, gadgets that even the smartwatches we uh, wear. There are um, the companies gathering all those information. What is missing now for that leap you were um, this, uh, talking about is a fusion between these sources of information. And that's basically where AI comes into play for, for, a, for a future uh, that is data-driven and we need to, we need to have uh, information. Mm -hmm. Data is raw. We need to somehow cook it <laughs> and make, make recipes for p other people how to cook that and you make use of the data. Um, in 20 years from now or even in 10 years, I would imagine the number of procedures go high because of the aging population, because of the changes in this uh, in uh, living style. And with the momentum in AI and uh, robotics, especially that uh, I work in this field, uh, I can see less of surgeons' muscles being used in surgery and more of their brains being used in surgery. So that's the way I, I see medical technology is going in the area of surgery. The use of augmented reality already exists in orthopedics, correct? That's already yeah. FDA approved. What Hollow Ray is proposing takes it a step further. Right. What is unique to what your uh, product is and what's being developed uh, right here at McGill? So our approach is to use augmented reality as a component in a complete system. So, for example, at Holloray, what we are proposing is a complete system that starts with uh, medical imaging and an automatic AI-based uh, 3D reconstruction of um, preoperative CT scan and MRIs. And we are taking that into a global level. So... We don't. We no more need uh, CDs and DVDs of patients' uh, medical images. We are developing a platform, an online platform that any surgeon anywhere in the world they can upload their um, anonymized HIPAA compliant uh, patients' uh, medical images. It comes into our server. It does the uh, magic of creating that hologram. And it presents the surgeon in a split second with a platform that they can do preoperative planning on the holographic in in the holographic space, and they can save it and use it when they're doing the actual surgery. Mm -hmm. So, augmented reality is one component. The other component is using AI for decision making. Uh, what is missing now in um, an it's under development with different uh, researchers, but it's uh, still missing is we are using AI, we are working on using AI to provide uh, differentiate uh, differentia diagnosis. So with uh, like a database of different um, medical images from all around the world, different ethnicities and uh, lifestyles and mm -hmm. um, patient parameters, we are developing a brain, AI brain, that can recommend a preoperative plan and differentiative diagnosis to surgeons. So that's that's what we are, that's the leap. That's what is not in uh, FDA-approved technologies. That's what is not available now 
uh, as the state of the art. Mm-hmm. And then one more important thing that uh, is unique to our system is that we can archive and use uh, distributed training. Instead of bringing in fellows from all around the world to McGill to get um, uh, experience and get trained, uh, we can actually distribute training to them with high realism. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... and, th- and that's that's another leap forward. Now, our first target is on training, but the second target is doing collaborative surgery. So you can be a surgeon sitting here looking at what uh, the surgical scene and another experienced surgeon, maybe your mentor somewhere else, and they can actually see the scene in 3D and do marking for you, annotation and guiding you. Mm-hmm. How is this being received by surgeons? What do surgeons ask you when they hear about this uh, idea of a mixed uh, reality platform and, and your vision for, for surgery? It was very well received because this having a better way of 3D visualization of patient's anatomy on the operation table has been a long unmet clinical need. And unless you cut cut open and expose patient's tissues, you cannot have that vision. Even if you do so, you will have blood all over the place and it obscures your vision. So having uh, this augmented reality, mixed reality, different flavors of uh, visualization that allows you to translate your preoperative plan onto the operation table, that's a game changer. And I have now, apart from cardiac surgeons, I have now uh, orthopedic surgeons, surgical oncologists working uh, with me. I have collaborators from uh, other universities as well working with me to integrate different technologies they are developing and, di- and, and adapt this technology to different clinical needs. So the core intellectual property and proprietary methods are there. We are now applying and morphing that technology into different, uh, different packages that can answer different clinical needs. Hmm. And coming out of McGill, which is pretty... Coming out of McGill, exactly. Hmm. So you've, you've both been recipients of the Code it's, Life Research Awards. You are this year, um, Mr. Sayadi. Um, you've been Dr. Hushar. What does that mean? So um, I would say the Code Life Research Awards have supported um, me and my team in two major ways. The first way was that it enabled me as an individual to continue my research as a postdoctoral fellow and as the director of Surgical Robotics Center, uh, to continue my research career and uh, have the opportunity to meeting um, these bright minds of now and future, my students and my colleagues. That is the second way, a uh, major way that it has uh, uh, supported my uh, me as an individual. So basically, uh, the research award allowed me to be a part of the clinical innovation platform and be a part of the uh, McGill Department of Surgery, be a part of the McGill University Health Center, where the actual clinical practice is performed and where the actual clinical needs are. And it allowed me to, uh, enabled me to talk with surgeons and see their needs, go to the operation room. My research center is now one floor up the operation room at the Montreal General Hospital. Being that ecosystem. Yeah, it being 
a part of that ecosystem and being uh, exposed to opportunities, uh, being um, research opportunities, collaboration opportunities with uh, clinicians and also with engineers down at the McGill campus. So it's it's uh, really integral. It's an it's really a, an integral ecosystem between engineering down at the campus McGill and with the surgeons and the surgeon scientists. And being at that cross section is something nobody want to miss. It's important to be to be working with Dr. Renzo Ciceri, who exactly. is also a co-founder of uh, Hollow Rain, exactly. who's a you know a, a renowned cardiologist. It's important for you to be side by side with exactly. this person to develop your product. As yeah, well. yeah. These these needs comes from the surgeons. Dr. Ciceri defined the clinical need for us, and me as engineer or working with Dr. Husha as engineer, we are changing that clinical need to engineering need and find a solution for that. Without that clinical need that the experts, that our surgeons, physicians are uh, working at that uh, uh, problem, so it's not possible for us to find anything for for doing in this industry, of course. So it is the main, uh, the collaboration is the main thing here. What's the importance for you uh, having a mentor like this that can bring you out from you know flight simulation engineer and translate that expertise into mm. developing uh, medical, biomedical devices and bring you into that uh, medical technology. Yeah, I, I think that was impossible if I couldn't talk to someone that has experience in this industry. My father is suffering from arrhythmia. One of my family members just has a structural heart disease. And I wanted to help doing something. And because I was an engineer and one of the... Uh, dreams of all of the engineers is to help, to make something that can help others. Having these kind of uh, mentors that, for example, in CLIP, we can find in clinical innovation platform, we can uh, find these uh, engineers and uh, surgeons that have this uh, possibility to help others to to do their research and find a clear view for the future. It helps a lot. The, the flight analogy, um, right. that might be a good way to finish off. First time when the autopilot came in for commercial flights, it was well received, but it was trusted only for the cruise part. So in a flight, you have the takeoff and then the cruise and then landing, right? And it was, at first, it was just trusted for and regulated for the cruise part, which is the easy part. Most of the um, risks are during takeoff and landing. And the same is happening in, in uh, medical technology, in surgical technologies specifically. We are now talking about autonomous robots. And autonomous robots, they don't have eyes and they don't have brain. So we have to make eyes for them, augmented reality, virtual reality, and make brains for them, artificial intelligence. So Right now, we are at this stage. We are trusting somehow, starting to trust uh, robots and auto auto for autonomous surgery in the cruise, holding a leg or doing a, a rather simpler part of the job. But my group is working with uh, surgeon scientists to push it forward and, as I said, use more of patients' uh, surgeons' brain rather than their muscles. Thank you very much to both of you, Dr. Hushyar, Mr. Sayadi. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It was a pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this Code Life interview presented by the Montreal General Hospital Foundation. To learn more about the amazing initiatives made possible by the generosity of donors, visit our website, codelife.ca, and follow us on social media.